This is With Bowl and Spoon, and we're here with my friend Patrice. Hello. You want to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Patrice. Patrice Collins. Oh, my. It's me. Well, I know I know Patrice uh, through my work at the city in urban agriculture, and Patrice is a farmer, gardener, chicken keeper, chicken mama. Yeah. Um, a, a little extreme in some situations, for, for <laughs> in my opinion, but whatever. I'm not judging. It's just interesting. Um, and... Uh, just the stuff that you've done over the past few years, I've just been really intrigued. And as I've gotten to know you, I thought I just really need to talk with you more and get to know you more. So that's why you are a guest on my podcast today. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. And yeah, I'm just, I'm grateful for the opportunity to get to know you um, more on this level. And like I said, even get to know myself more because I don't know what she's about to ask me. The podcast is basically about people's you know, I say personal food evolution. So mm. the general idea in the beginning of the podcast was that we all, like maybe maybe you're a vegan, maybe you're a vegetarian, right. maybe you only eat whole foods now, maybe you you know you raise chickens and all that. So how did right. you get there? Um, it's funny because all of this really started from um, art, I guess art and mothering, and that's how Mystic Mamas began. So this was kind of born out of Mystic Mamas, but I was just in there talking to my my business partner, like I don't know how I began with gardening. I never really considered myself a gardener. Mm. I always wanted to be a farmer. I always wanted to farm and always <laughs> like aspire to have a farm in Pennsylvania. But never saw I never even thought of urban farming or knew what it was, so I was like in the midst of it. <laughs> so hold up. You didn't aspire to be a gardener. Mm-hmm. You aspired to be a farmer. So mm-hmm. on a larger scale, what did what was did, did you grow anything at I home? Did. Okay, but you still yeah. were like, I'm going to be a farmer. Yeah, I'm not I just going to be a gardener. I myself as like a gardener. Like when I would, if I ever introduced myself, I didn't say I'm a gardener. But, oh, okay. but when I started getting more into urban farming, that's when I started introducing myself more as an urban farmer. Because even with my farm in Nigeria, I'm not there physically. So I don't get to be what I always like thought of. But like as a child, I always wanted to like have like cows and pigs and I always love animals and turtles, just anything, anything alive I love. Except yeah. birds, I was always afraid of, which is interesting because now here I am with like chickens all over me. So that is really funny. I know a lot of people that have uh, phobias. Well, I don't, I, not a lot of people, but it's a very common uh, phobia to be afraid of things that fly. Mm. Those people must be freaking out with these spotted lanternflies because they are just they are. everywhere. I always like um, pigeons and stuff, though. I just never saw them, like, picking them up and stuff. But now I want to pick up pigeons and stuff. But as a kid, I liked all the birds, all the sparrows, everything. I talked to them and stuff, but... Oh, so you weren't scared of them? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. The only thing... I've only been... I'm only scared of, like, small dogs, but I've over... Oh, I thought you just said that you were scared of birds. Sorry. I didn't... I, I, was I scared of them? I was scared you to, You said like, the only thing I didn't like was birds. Yeah, because I couldn't imagine, like, picking them up and stuff. Oh, them. okay, sorry. But I my, guess I'm not, my bad. I'm not fear. And I probably did say scared of. How did you come to have a farm in Nigeria? How did that happen? Through a business partnership, basically, with my husband. So, yeah. He was okay, how did you meet your husband? I met him through a friend, like a childhood friend. So, she ended up knowing him through... I think her friend that she was dating, the two of them ended up breaking up, and those two remained friends, and then she introduced me to them, and this is all on, like, 
WhatsApp or something that I met. Okay, her. and this was here in Pittsburgh. Mm -mm. I was oh. here. She, I was here. She was in another state, and he was in Nigeria. But oh, wow. she actually got married in Nigeria, and my husband helped with the wedding and stuff. And I, they ended up meeting before he and I even met. So, yeah. Okay, so you got introduced to your husband on WhatsApp. Then you <laughs> went to her wedding and then met him. And then I didn't even go. Oh, okay. I didn't go until later, but... All right, well, tell me the went. story. <laughs> I'm like, the story's very long, and I don't know if I'm ready to tell the full story, but <laughs> basically, I ended up going over, let's see, I think it was like maybe like five months into us meeting, I went over, and we got married, but before that, we I bought the farm and stuff. We bought the farm together. He already had the land, and then we did the farm um, business, so... We started on cashews. So the cashews, this is actually the first year they're mature. So. Oh my God. So yeah. you've had cashew fruit. Yes, we have cashew fruit. The, um, the nuts now are mature. Um, so I have to see about that. We also have cassava, three different types of corn, soybeans and red beans. Okay. Sorry. We got to back up just a little bit more because I don't want to get in your business. Well, you can get in there. Okay, is this what happens? You're a single woman. You go over to Nigeria to meet this guy. You've been WhatsApping for a while. And you're like, I want to buy a farm. And he's like, okay, cool. And so you bought a farm. Pretty much he had one already. Like, he already had all the land. Like, he had 20 acres. Okay. Basically, I didn't really have to buy it. It was just the business we started because he already had the land. Oh, okay. And then over there, because of his affiliation, like, he basically, him and another family own a, own a town pretty much, and it goes back and forth in between. But that's how a lot of things go in a lot of countries in Africa, mm. is the lineage between families. So there's two families, so he's basically a prince. And his <laughs> job... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I'm wait. like, and his job... He's I've been avoiding like, saying that that's been in the back of my head. Really? <laughs> is he a Nigerian prince? Because, you know, all those, like, scammy emails that right. go around about, I'm a Nigerian prince, come and buy a farm with me. Was that what happened, Patrice? Pretty much. That part wasn't the scam. The scam was just the relationship part. Not oh. even between us, but when he came here, that's another part of the story. Oh, but. my God. So you yeah. you went there and, uh, okay. Yeah, like so. everything was great. So he already you, had, you didn't have to give money to, to buy the farm. You the just farm. like, okay. Mm -hmm. I did so. it to help like build our house and stuff like that because he already had the land. So we just built stuff. So we had... He built the house. He's also an architect, so he was able to do everything. Only thing he didn't do, I think, was plumbing. I think he can do electricity. It was plumbing. So that's the only thing he pretty he can like they built bricks and all that type of stuff, like make them. Oh, cool. So it was really interesting. Oh, it must but be beautiful. But it was beautiful. also a lot of culture shock when he came here because I was expecting that he was supposed to fix my house. So that's pretty much what we fell apart over. He's so like, we're just oh, not wait. Houses are different. Yeah, I'm that like, whole you cultural have thing. Out you got here. Like, this look like. Man, that was something. Just thinking when I went over there. And, but then it was just even more so when he got here. <laughs> so much. But, so you went there and you saw everything, and then he came here. And. Yeah, years later. Gotcha. So I went there twice, and then. We also went to Dubai, like, for our first anniversary. Mm. So that was interesting, too. So oh that was God, really, like, and that was the first time he left Africa. He only oh, left really? Nigeria, I think, one time before that. I forget what country he went to, but one that you don't have to fly. But that was something. I'm trying to think from there. So your farm is a production farm right now, and you export stuff? 
they mostly do stuff there. Like a okay. lot of the corn and stuff. I know it goes for feed for cows and mm -hmm. whatever else eats it. Chickens, I bet. So when I went, it was interesting. Like there was just a, we had one of our houses or one of our, his father's houses just stashed with corn. Like you walk in, it smells like cream corn or something's being cooked, but it's all fresh corn that's just been, some of it's been like semi-roasting out in the sun, drying out. But it was really interesting. That's cool. Yeah. And the cashews. Cashews mm. are really unique. People don't realize the cashews grow at the bottom of a fruit hanging in a tree. They're so cool. And then the fruit is, it reminds me of like a star fruit. Mm -hmm. it tastes, yeah. My husband brought some cashews to Dubai. Because it's so funny. I was like in communication with all the stores and stuff over here. Because I'm thinking we're going to bring some cashews over. And when I'm saying raw cashews he's thinking a different thing like we're saying two different things to each other so he brings cashews that haven't been roasted shelled nothing like that i'm thinking raw and just, they're poisonous yes you're thinking raw processed but edible <laughs> gotcha right. so that was interesting and my friend was um, working on learning how to roast different things yeah and he was reading up on it and everything and he tried it and we thought everything was fine and then he ended up getting like blood poisoning from it like oh damn i didn't realize that was the thing that happens with cashews that aren't processed properly yeah his whole damn it looks bad we're friends since elementary school his, his, we're still friends like oh good he didn't die no. that's good his like mom it? told you you can't come over and play after you blood poisoned him and then you have three kids or two, mm -hmm. I've two had, kids, three I kids. I had all three of them before then. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, this year will be their first year in coming to Africa. So, I'm excited for that. Cool. My youngest one's been wanting to come forever. And the other ones have been, like, on the fence about it. Because they don't want to get shots. So. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. The Yeah, the cultural differences is going to be really interesting. I mean, your kids have a little more sort of grit to them, I right. would imagine. <laughs> they do, living with me. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it'll be really different and interesting. So how did you get into having chickens? What was that? Um, what was that story about? That was just, that was with the community garden. So what happened was, and that's what I was talking to my friend about, because I lived in Troy Hill before I moved here. And my goal for that year was to buy a house. I didn't know how it was going to happen because a lot of unfortunate things were going on. But I did end up getting this house through a co-worker, and she sold it to me for a really low price. Um, unfortunately, her aunt had died, and that's who lived in this house. So everything was like abandoned over here, all three of these lots, and there was they were using it as a dumping site. So I decided to clean it up because I didn't know who was a neighbor, who wasn't a neighbor, who was coming in, who was going out. So I figured that would be a good way to be able to talk to people and yeah. also get a you know, have some relationship with the land also because it was a new area for me. So, what happened, I'm trying to think with the garden even because I wasn't thinking necessarily a garden. I knew I wanted to clean up what was what was over here. Is then this I saw about that the same time that, oh, sorry, is no, this about the same time that Mystic Mamas started? Was this That's what I'm trying to remember. It? it was about, <clears throat> well, Mystic Mamas was not a site. It's a nonprofit organization. So this was like our first real like project. I guess kind of like our baby. Because mm -hmm. it happened around COVID. So we were doing more homeschooling. We were at doing more education-based stuff. And um, what we really wanted to do was get in touch with community more about homeschooling. Because everybody was being forced to homeschool. Mm -hmm. So we knew it was going to be a lot on people. 
and we also needed to have a space for kids that would be able to come and play. So I was like, it's somewhere that's outdoors. So that's really how that formed. So that made it really successful because I think people were involved that may not have been involved if we weren't being quarantined. And yeah. also even before the quarantine, um, trying to think exactly what it was that pivoted. It was just a bunch of political crap happening. Um, a lot of stuff with race going on. Cause I remember a lot of my white friends like asking what they could do to help. I'm like, just, I'm like, I'm not marching going anywhere. I don't do that type of thing. Like I march about like civil rights, things like that. I'm not marching about human rights. That's when you just have to roll up your sleeves and do the work. So I'm like, come to the garden, put your energy there, you know, come grow some yeah. food or teach someone. Cause I'm, I was just laughing cause I'm not the best gardener. But I know how to grow certain things, and I know how to grow. So I'm good with education. So kids will come. I'll show them certain things, and they'll get interested. They can be sparked and do something else. But anyway, the chickens, they came about because my my friend, she had chickens indoors because um, her kids were into stuff like that, and she was really into stuff like that. So I think they, I'm not sure if they, they didn't incubate, incubate them. I thought they did. They didn't incubate them. But she was going through some things um, with her mental health and couldn't keep them. And I was like, well, we're doing a garden. I can put up a coop. My house is right here. We'll all be there with them. And I think I was talking to my neighbor at the time about it. And she happened to, she used to care for chickens, I guess, at some point and really loved them. So she was encouraging me to do it. She's like, I'm right across the street. That's our house. That's who took care of it. Oh, the one that just came out? Yeah. <laughs> a minute ago. So it was perfect. So we started with just two of them. They're about... Um, they're about to be seven this year. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So they're, are they laying still? Um, Harriet still does. That's the leader. She's um, black. She might come out. I might let her out in a minute. I still bring them over here so they can free range and get different bugs and stuff. Yeah. So, so you do the reels on Facebook with the hula hoop, yeah. which is really fun to see you and you got some fun music on there. So how did that come about? It used to be uh, me, and my, me and Helena. And it started off with Helena because she would, I would hula hoop and she would come try to like jump and grab the hoop. So I was trying to get her to jump into the hoop. That was my goal <laughs> with her. So that's why I started doing a lot of reels. But I started hula hooping through my friend Teresa, Yanni Steen 412. She encourages that. That's her, I feel like, what does she call it? Her goddess sport. I like that. So to me, it was fun because it was always something I wanted to do as a kid. I'm really in touch with my child self. So it's like weird sometimes. I think that's the first thing I had a panic attack about was I realized I was a mom. I like woke up one day like, <laughs> like they want me to do all these things. <laughs> Just want to draw a picture. <laughs> you keep talking about art. Mm -hmm. um, do you have a history in mm -hmm. art? Did you go to school that's my for art? Like, yeah, tell me about that. Yeah. And since basically middle school, I went to Rogers for art, then Kappa, cool. then um, and Kappa is when I got linked into more photography through mm. Manchester Craftsman's Guild. So and that's where I did most I of my traveling too. Manchester Craftsman's Guild. That's where everything connected. So that's based, That's the key. That's. Yeah. I was there uh, in the time of Lonnie Graham. I don't yes, know if you, me you know too. Lonnie? Yeah, I was there right after. That's where I learned curating art and everything through Angeliki, and he was her teacher and worked around that time. So, yeah, that kind of I mean, that connected me. I feel like more to to pretty much everything, because even once they got the um, the greenhouse, it didn't. I wasn't more into growing, but I did see it a lot. So I think that has a subconscious thing. But I always 
loved it. That's where I first went to um, a American Field Service. I was exposed through one of my mentors there that had a connection, and that's when I traveled to Bolivia. And that was what really connected me with food and growing and agriculture. Now you brought that up, or that we brought it up. Yeah, so what, what is there, American Field Service? They, um, they AFS, they do exchange programs, and that's why Mystic Mamas is doing one. Like, Manchester Craftsman's Guild was a, a huge thing for me. Like, I've been wanting to talk to Bill, but I've been too scared. Because <laughs> I know he always wanted to do a space in Africa, and I have all this land and stuff over there. But just, like, and I used to see, we talk all the time. But now that it's, like, it's, like, scary for me because it's real, I guess. I want to because I wouldn't, I would like someone to just model all the education. But we have our you own stuff for sacred ritual art. But anything above that, I would love to just connect and have our kids diversify. So, because we're already taking our kids to Botswana. So probably next year we'll be able to have everything set up to bring them. This year I want to be able to help kids that are going to come get their passports and go through that process with them. Because that's what I needed help with when yep. I was doing American Field Service. So, but yeah, I was 16. I went to Bolivia. I think it was like my third choice. I, for, I wanted to go to Ghana and I forget what the one before that was. But Bolivia was my third choice. And I'm so glad that I went. I just learned so much about myself and about the environment and the food here and everything that was lacking <laughs> like I didn't know what real food tastes like and that bothered me so much when I got there everything was just so flavorful and like fruit didn't look perfect but then when you would open it up and take it out the peel it was like the most vibrant delicious juicy thing you'd ever seen like it looked mm -hmm. fake like a drawing I'm like what is going on <laughs> in my world so it was just amazing so after that even before I always knew I didn't want to stay in America but that's the lot of bad things once I actually got to see it. So that's why this year is so exciting for me with my kids because my eldest is 16 this year. And I don't think that he just doesn't know what he doesn't know. You know? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I don't have any, I'm not going to tell him what to do, what not to do. I just know that he is going to have to come this year because <laughs> he's not staying here. So he can come back. He can, I can talk to his friends. If they want to get their passports, I can talk to their parents and stuff like that. And see what we can do because I've talked to a lot of his friends and they are into like the trades also and that's something that is happening mm -hmm. over there that we're doing as a trade school and trades program so that could be another way that they can exchange and learn from one another and also just um, learn more about the urban sect and what is needed agriculturally and architecturally so that was another thing with my husband he's an architect and also a farmer and a professor so it was like all the things in one and in politics, that's what his job is, basically, is I guess he would be considered, I'm trying to think what it would be over here. Something for the youth. The youth, I think the position is called counselor over there. I don't know what it would be over here. So most of the politicians will go through, talk to him about what their plans are for the youth, talk about that area. Last year he was here, so this will be the first year that I'll be going back. I haven't been in a couple years. So I want to go back and see exactly what's going on and what people need but we we have everything pretty much set in stone so now it's just linking everything and pushing but I knew this point was going to come a lot of people were kind of skeptical but now everybody's trying to run <laughs> so a lot of people are like more open-minded to doing different things and and traveling and things like that I feel like that they weren't before you mean with the the political climate or the I guess poli I guess it's politics. I feel like everything is pretty much politics, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, I guess the, considering the political climate, mm. and because I was gonna say even things like with people's jobs and stuff, but that's all politic based too. It's just yeah. <clears throat>
and you know we're, we're sitting at here and we're talking and we're listening to stuff I saw this you're gonna laugh about this I saw this influencer this morning she was talking about how she's she does silent walks she takes a 30 minute walk without earphones without earbuds no music no podcast she just walks and she's like and I hear myself think yeah you need to like not have stimulus for a while and just sort of but most people don't live so like that weird. and I no. have always have been that way so that's another thing that makes it really hard to just basically just to like live in society I was talking to my dad he actually called yesterday <laughs> and I'm like he was just saying how he like appreciates the fact that I always had like strong boundaries and stuff I was like I well I thank you guys I was like I don't know I think I just had a lot of alone time but I don't know how that really transpired but it seemed to have worked out you but it just made it really mm-mm. I have oh. three sisters Wow. So, one of my my sisters is about almost five years older than me. Then I have a sister that is um, nine years younger than me. Whoa. And then I have one that's ten years younger than me. So, it's interesting. But I, I think because I was the baby so long, maybe. But also, my older sister, she had children pretty young. She was 15 when she had her first child. So, that kind of took the attention off of me. So, that... But I was always just in the woods or doing my own thing, building an altar or something. Where'd you grow up? In Highland Park, East Liberty. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it was a good area for that. And I'm still um, in friendship and communication with most of the people that were in the neighborhood and stuff, which is really cool. So I think that's another thing that makes it hard living here is because it it just doesn't feel like that. So I think I've always been kind of looking for that. But... It just kind of it's just for what that like community that. yeah yeah but in some ways it's I've, I've experienced it but you know things change so that's another thing like i'm kind of excited i think that's another thing that urban farming does is it kind of creates like a bridge for the change that is to come so because i never thought about farm like farming inner city but that's because you're made to think that way. Mm-hmm. You're made to think that you can't, and you don't even like look at it as a choice. So that's another reason I've stuck around so long because <laughs> I know it's like it's like a sword to some people, but in some ways I understand. But it's just like no, the way that these kids feel when they come up here and they experience like what it is to hold a chicken, what it is to know that <laughs> that is what they've eaten, or what it, where an egg comes from, mm-hmm. and whatever they do with that thought later on, or when they come back, is even better, and they take ownership over what's happening. So, but now we're working on soil remediation, so that's what this is, and then we're building the stuff over here. Is it hugel culture? No. Okay. No, this is just regular dirt because of basically the situation that was over there with the soil. Just and I did the soil test on mm. frogs over here. It's just. I love the, the levels the, are pretty the high. Straw bales, that's really great. That's him. That's all his stuff. Oh, and then like some the of my stolen plants. Too. Me too. <laughs> I'll be plus. probably on the news. I'll be going to go take those soon. My hibiscus plants and stuff back. Those were donated from the guild. So all those things that are growing pretty much, except for the sunflowers. But, I mean, but yeah, good. you're you're an artist. You're a farmer. You're a big time farmer in Africa. I just made sure it was all legit online. <laughs> Do you sell your carbon credits? Do I don't you? believe so, because I know last time when, at least when we were clearing stuff, 
that's when I kind of understood more about biochar. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it was just different names for it all over the world. It's like you hear something and everybody thinks they're like the pioneer of it. I'm like, no, they've been doing this forever. Yeah, that's just funny. just don't have that name for it. But, yeah. But I think that he was um, mentioning it to me, my husband. But I didn't know what he was talking about. But carbon now that credits. you mention it. Okay, I get... yeah. I have a friend who has a business that can track carbon credits. So it's basically trees. Everything, trees, grass, anything that's not like being tilled. Was, was he at Morin's thing last time we were there? Yes. That's, that's who Josh I was trying Moore. to get back in contact yeah, with. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't find a website. He can monitor any sort of deforestation that's happened. And he noticed that 0.7 of an acre was deforested on this one lot so they called the farmer and she was like oh yeah three trees fell down they were old and they were dying three trees they could tell wow and they could monitor that so because i always wondered about that when we like i know when we had to clear stuff because we it's 20 acres but there's still well no there's it's actually 12 acres our company actually donated some of the acres to mystic mama's and when we were clearing that for the school, I was concerned about the wood and what we were going to do with it. And that's when he was explaining to me about the biochar and how they were going to use it and, and needed it. <laughs> but he wasn't saying biochar, so I was really confused. I'm like, that's cool. I'm yeah. like, how are you going to burn the trees and tell me it's okay? <laughs> we burn them specially. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to have a, a biochar. Maybe I'll get, um, was it Nick? Yeah. That was talking about the biochar. Maybe I'll get him to, to be on my podcast and talk about that. Because that is something that really, like, <clears throat> you do. You you burn it, but you don't, you like, burn it to, like, a certain store point. it. Yeah. Not to expend it. I don't right. know. That's weird. It is interesting. So, <clears throat> what is your favorite thing to grow? It would have to be herbs. I do definitely enjoy growing herbs and flowers, though. And I think um, really native stuff because it just does better. <laughs> so most of the stuff that I'm in love with is on the other side over there. So uh-huh. I had my my native bed and stuff set up over there. But yeah. You'll have to have a whole favorite. new set of favorites when you change, when you relocate. Yeah. Yes. Yes, because they're we'll doing be some different. stuff aquaponically, but and it still won't be the same. That's nothing I'm excited for. You you keep saying things that I want to dig into, <laughs> and I just I don't know which path to go down. So you were talking about like so you built a school or you're building a school? Yeah, and that was the main thing in um, in Nigeria. So we're picking back up with that. So with my husband coming here, that kind of took some time and some um, energy away from it. But now we're getting back on track. COVID is... Yeah, I won't say what COVID is. Still don't know, but... Things Here, seem like they're stabilized a little bit more week, actually, so Right. I think there's always the possibility of something. I mean, what, what did I hear? Something's back leprosy? Yeah. In I just Florida? That stuff, yes, that's so crazy. Why, I think it was just last night I was mentioning this to somebody. So, the school. What's it going to be? It's an art and science school at least that was the idea so we're about to basically look at everything and just see what's needed again because that's how we came up with this to begin with so it's been a couple years now so things may have changed I know with COVID um, we've had to get more on to the technology scene <laughs> which I'm terrible at I still miss my typewriter 
So, <laughs> like, I was okay with the word processor, but all this computer stuff is different. But I'm excited. I think we all have different ideas for what we want to do with the land. So, like I said, Mystic Mamas, we have eight acres there, and we had some totally different ideas. I'm not even going to bring them up on here. <laughs> but I don't know if we're going to go that direction or not. With things being online so much, like we have a, we actually have an online school. I feel so, I don't even know the word. I don't know, understand technology to even be able to describe what it is. We have a platform and everything, and that's one of the things we're going to be doing um, when we're in Botswana, is using that platform. It's like but, a, a, an educational portal. Yes. So, a, you don't know Ayana yet either. I wanted you to meet her. Ayana is the one handling that portion. So, she does most cool. of the stuff that has to deal with um, education. We both work within the arts. She's a sacred sound artist, and she's a phenomenal singer, and oh, cool. just she does a lot of cool stuff. We have a cool project that we're working on that I'm excited for coming up this year. Does she perform anywhere? Yeah, she performs internationally, and she performs here also. She was just performing at Harambe, and she just performed, I think she was at the Aviary, and her father's also a performer, so they do some things together. She does most of the education stuff. Like she worked on um, making sure that get put together, and um, we're working on our our website also for our products. I'm also a metaphysical artist, and you know I do readings and spells, all these types of things. So I make products for that. That's another reason why I like to grow the herbs and flowers and things mm. like that. So yeah, she does a lot of. She's working on a lot of technological stuff. Shout out to Ayana. <laughs> Again, you're just dropping these little trinkets around that I'm going to have to go back and pick up and ask you about. That's why I take a lot of naps now. I'm tired. And I knew this was going to happen like four years ago. I was starting, I was doing a lot of stuff because I was bored. And I was like, you're going, like, this is all going to catch up with you. Now I'm like trying to consolidate everything. And it's it's working, like it's coming around. But I appreciate naps. I was never a napper. I will drop anything for a nap. I'm tired. Gotta take a nap. So you got the arts and science school that you're forming in Nigeria. Well, we're more so in like, it's more like a village and town setting. So it's smaller. It's just getting to the point where a lot of the youth is going to school. That's another reason why I wanted to build a school there. And another re thing that he, he works really hard on as a professor is being able to help some a lot of the local kids be able to go to school, making sure that he's writing the letters to get them there. Um, just taking them on different experiences that are exposed to things. So. He does a lot of cool work over there. That's another reason I want to get over and just to, like, just see more in person and learn from him, too. Yeah, and I'm, when, when we were talking about it, we were talking about it more as a community and ways that they can make money collectively. And even on our farm, like, one of our big goals is to get a processing, have a processing plant there. Because, as you know, once you export everything and when people come buy everything for cheap, then they go and make textiles out of the cashews and other things and do all types of stuff with it that they would never be able to get to do or profit from. So if we had a processing plant there mm -hmm. already that they were able to use, learn the technology for, get all the education and stuff around and be able to pass that on and, and actually have it in this community, they will be able to be um, self-sustaining. So that's one of our goals. And with the arts and crafts is to be able to also sell them as a community. Like if it's weaving, if it's clay, whatever it is. And um, also for it to have like a center for them to actually be their own curators. So they will be able to choose what type of artist and what art comes to their area and see what they're exposed to basically. So Nice, so a gallery and 
they have visiting artists or yeah and even more of residencies now. that would be cool yes. to bring over kids from maybe even manchester bidwell exactly over there and do an exchange that's cool so that's a big thing and i would love to do um photography again so i would like to set up a dark room in both spaces yay so that's what i miss and just the quietness of it i'm like now i don't think i'd be too anxious to be in a dark room for a half an hour I'm so used to like jumping and doing 20 different things at one time. I'm mm -hmm. like, could you actually process a roll of film now? That used to be all I did. That's like what I'm trained in. Now I'm like, I don't even know if I can sit still the 12 minutes to shake hands. <laughs> so, oh my God, yeah. I'm like, we need that. Or it's time for everyone to reground. So yeah. I want to try to take some things back to basics and just give people a chance to talk about what it is that they, that they want to do. Like, what is it that you want? I don't want to come into somebody else's area telling them what to do. I yeah. can just tell you what I don't want to eat. That's all. <laughs> so what don't you want to eat? That's a really good... I don't... I'm really picky. I've always been picky. So I'm not a vegetarian or a pescatarian or anything like that. Only thing I don't do for sure is like is eat pork. But that might change too depending on where I'm at. I haven't eaten pork in a long time. But there might be a day... I don't like my meat to look a certain way. It has to be small pieces. I don't like big chunks of stuff. So no like t-bone for you no definitely not <laughs> like the roast i like roast because you can pull it off and it comes in shreds okay and because it's nostalgic my mom makes really good roast Aww. but um i like potatoes i like vegetables and fruit i like dairy i love cheese and i love milk from other places because it's always more delicious but there's what didn't i like there <laughs> uh the chicken that was funny i just don't understand the chicken, I don't even know how to explain it. I wish I had this video. I have to keep it on my phone when I went and ate the chicken. It's so tough because the the chickens literally, like, walk around. Like, they're oh, out walking around. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, using their muscles. Yes. Yeah. I went to bite this piece of chicken. It was, like, <laughs> it was almost like it, like, physically resisted Yeah, you me. gotta, like, <laughs> you gotta slow and slow for, like, days or something. I was like, it was, like, it was biting back, though. Pretty much. I didn't even <laughs> eat. I'm like, it's all right. I'm not even going waste the chicken so and there's oh, that's, also there. we're so spoiled here yeah we are. Like, people have no idea that those things like you had those broilers and i was like oh i hope you know right. <laughs> they have to be harvested or they're really sad like one is the one is still doing really good yeah there's still one so i think we're that one is gonna make it back <laughs> to the school so i mean it was really they're really different <laughs> yeah even their feet that was their their legs i couldn't get over they're in the Lock with I'm trying to think how old they are now. They're about 17 weeks, so the other ones are about 28 weeks or so mm. at this point. I can't remember what their birthdays are, I haven't written down. But apparently, the broiler are still hiking, like the woods are back there, so she's hiking <laughs> and free ranging and doing all types of stuff. She can jump off of the balcony. I'm like, how does she not explode? What is your favorite food? I love stew. Like all those things, that is anything in a tomato yeah, base, you'll see true. me do anything in a tomato base, like that roast. My mom makes a roast, but she doesn't do it in a tomato base. So I'm like, now everything's tomato or curry. Do your folks still live in uh, Highland Park? My mom is in Wilkinsburg, but my dad's in Chicago. But oh, okay. He might be back. We'll see. Yeah, me. I think that was like the most beneficial thing my, my parents could have done is like, let me be myself and never clip my wings. So, and, and nobody ever did anything to me, thankfully. So. Things were great. I'm very but, much you know. a mama's girl. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to kidnap her and take her with me. 
but that's another thing. She, my mom was, my older sister was born in Germany because my mom's first husband was in the military and she got married when she was 18. So she traveled a lot and then came back here. I'm always like, why didn't you come back? But I guess I wouldn't have been here. So I'm trying to get her to travel with me now. She's like, I've done all that. I'm like, well, you haven't done it with me. She so, hasn't seen your farm. That's right. And I think she would enjoy the food and stuff. Oh, I like the melon soup. A goosey? I think it's a goosey. It's basically um, a soup made with melon seeds. They dry the melon and then you reconstitute it and cook it. And it's really delicious with like beef usually. I love it. And I like to put wara in it. That's my favorite thing. What's that? Wara is basically a homemade cheese. It's their homemade cheese. And you fry it. I'll do anything for wara. They all know it. That's interesting. I know how to make it. I made it right. So it oh, took wow. me three years, but I got it down. Like you have to, you have to use raw milk. So I always have to get mm -hmm. my milk from the co-op or from a farmer or something like that. And then you just use a cheesecloth. I'm trying. There's not really many spices. There's a couple like little components. There's like some rocks or mineral or something that you use. So I have that in the house now. I'm like I need food to science. Yes. Because that's another thing I did this year is I did finish my serve safe certification. I'm always mixing all the words up. All the kids from all the traveling and stuff, like Asad and Ajani, which is Ayana's son. Ayana was in Mexico. She lived there for about, I think it's about two years, a little over two years. So Asad was there some time. So that's another thing with us homeschooling and raising our kids together. We got to do a lot of that. So I was there too, but they have like really distinguished palates, both of them. And Ajani has to have a gluten-free diet. So we've gone mm -hmm. through a lot of trial and error with things. So they're both, they're, well, three of them, they're all into cooking. So we're supposed to link with some chefs soon, and they want to um, make some things. But I'm interested in doing pet pet food. So even with, like, my chickens that die or something like that, I wanted to do pet oh, food. And I with see, the grains see, and stuff that I grow in Nigeria, but most of those yeah. are for animals. And I wanted to make my own feed also. Well, it was so great talking with you. I feel like I, I have, like, just still just scratched the surface <laughs> of, of who Patrice is, but um, I'm grateful for this time and I'm grateful to know you. Thank you for being on my podcast and being my friend. Likewise. Thanks for having me and having me in your life. Hosted by me, Shelley Danko Day. Copy editing by Carolyn Ristow, Details Review. Original theme song was written and performed by Paul Labrise and Friends. You can listen to With Bowl and Spoon anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us and send us questions or messages on Facebook and Instagram or on our website, withbowlandspoon.com. Thanks for listening. Bowl.